and welcome to Beauty Island, the award-nominated beauty podcast that celebrates life and lipstick. I am your host, a beauty journalist, Brittany Stewart, and I am back with another episode of Beauty Isolation, my special Beauty Island mini-series. Normally, I ask my guests about the eight beauty products that have a special memory or meaning for them, the ones they take to a desert island or beauty island that I am sending them off to. In Beauty Isolation, instead, they pick the eight products that have played a significant role for them in quarantine, the ones they're using, ditching, or maybe even rediscovering in isolation. Twice a week, we will explore how their relationship to beauty has changed during this time, as well as conversations around self-care, how they're going, and what they're most looking forward to. Today, my guest is journalist and co-founder of Shameless Media, Michelle Andrews. Shameless Podcast has been downloaded over 10 million times to become one of Australia's most popular podcasts, and with hundreds of thousands of people each week pressing play to hear Michelle and co-founder Zara McDonald give their smart take on pop culture. As well as being a brilliantly talented writer and award-winning podcaster, Michelle is also a former colleague and a very good friend, so it was so lovely to chat remotely about beauty and isolation. We talked about the trend of isolation skin, the quarantine life-changing hair product tiding her over while she can't visit her hairdresser, the reality of being productive during a global pandemic, and her beautiful newfound appreciation for time spent with her siblings. As always, the links to all the products Michelle talks about in this episode will be in the show notes. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review, and maybe even share with a friend who you think might also enjoy it. If you're after more beauty, you can sign up to my beauty newsletter, It's Beauty, and I'd love to hear your own thoughts about beauty isolation and the products getting you through. Come and chat to me on Instagram over at Beauty Island Podcast. Now over to Michelle. Enjoy. Michelle, welcome to a different kind of beauty island. I feel like the sentiment of a desert island is becoming a bit more of a frightening reality for a lot of people at the moment. Welcome to Beauty Isolation. Brittany, thank you for having me. I've missed you. I feel like we, when we get off this podcast, we need to tee up a phone call with our friends Zara and Sophie because we planned one ages ago and then it never happened. And now I feel like I'm craving quality time with all of you. I know, definitely. So obviously we used to work together and I was actually debating, and I think this is something that we'll kind of chat about as we explore beauty and beauty isolation, but I was really debating because obviously we're filming, uh, recording this remotely, but we can see each other. I was like, do I have to get glammed up for this? Is Michelle going to come on with a full face of makeup and I'll be, because I have got to... My microphone is very carefully placed because I've got a monster pimple on my chin today. Um, I can't see. Oh, I think that's because the lighting is so poor in here. Like, <laughs> um, but um, I decided that I would do my skincare for you, but I am keeping it very real as I've been all day. So Thank I suppose you so much. I'm so appreciative. Anything for you, Michelle. But firstly, I feel like you, and you, you and Zara spoke about this on Shameless about the general conversation starter of how are you feels so ridiculous to say. So I'll bring it a bit smaller and say, how's your day been today, Michelle? How has my day been? Now, I know that I'll say this and people won't believe me, but when I say I've had the most unproductive day of 2020 today, I'm not lying. Like I am just not productive at all today. And I, I would say I'm not productive in general across, I guess, the pandemic era. 
but that's not really true. I feel like I'm having more unproductive days than usual. Like some days I'm great. I'm in a work mode. I'm switched on. I'm ready to go. Other days like today, nothing is happening beyond watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I watched three episodes, not just three episodes, Brit. I watched three episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians that I have already watched before, which feels like (laughs) a new level of low to me, that it's not just Keeping Up with the Kardashians, it's re-watching episodes where I know precisely what happens. I could almost word for word repeat the conversation between Courtney, Kim and Chloe back to you. So I did that. What did I do? I ordered grilled for lunch. I ate a burger and some chips. Mitch got a salad and it made me feel really not the best, that comparison. Yeah, not, not much like at all, which is okay. I'm supposed to be writing a column tonight, but I have definitely found when we've been in this weird time of like not nine to five normalcy that the best writing comes out of my brain at odd hours. It's either 5 a.m. in the morning or 10 p.m. at night and nothing in between. I think, you've, yeah, like you said, you've just got to embrace the upside down in these times. When the flow comes, you've just got to... You just got to go with it. When it comes to your beauty regime during quarantine or isolation, whatever you'd prefer to call it, have you noticed a significant change in terms of what you would do on a normal day and what you're doing on a day in isolation? Yeah, it's really weird. I am probably not the typical person in that I know that a lot of my girlfriends and my sisters are probably wearing makeup less now that they're in isolation. I am probably wearing it the same, if not more. Because typical workday when Zara and I go into our office, which is in the city, I don't really wear makeup. I might wear concealer and maybe a bit of mascara, maybe a bit of bronzer on a really good day. At the moment, I think I'm wearing more makeup than usual. Like I'm going some days the full hog, like foundation, everything. And I think that might be because I want to signal a difference between work time and rest time. And I'm finding it on some days quite difficult to shift between the two. And I'm finding that I'm not in that zone. So today I'm wearing like a full face of makeup. I'm so sorry because you said you didn't know what <laughs> the, I didn't know what the uh, dress code for this was either, but I felt like I had to put a full face of makeup on to do this interview, not because it's a beauty podcast, but because I'm more switched on when I feel like I'm presentable. Like so much of it to me is putting earrings in, which is so bizarre. I feel like if I have earrings in, I'm ready. Like I'm here. It's time to work. It's time to put off keeping with the Kardashians. So If anything, I'm doing a little bit more in my beauty routine. However, my skin has gone to shit lately. It's so dry and so misbehaving, but I think that's all of us. We'll start off with the first product on your beauty isolation list, which is your kind of non-negotiable in your quarantine routine. And for you, it is the James Cosmetics Eye Mask. So tell me about why, even with everything going on, these are the things that you're still doing. I love these so much. I discovered these probably a year ago and I'm always on the lookout for products that brighten the under eye area. It's just a, it's a gripe of mine. I don't know why. I think I just genetically have darker, more protruding under eye bags and the James Cosmetics under eye masks are great. There is such a good range of them. Some, uh, some have like jojoba some have aloe vera some have caffeine I don't know there's so many different varieties and I genuinely love them because they're one of the few products that I feel like I can see the difference they're for anyone who's not familiar with them they're kind of like a 
a plasticky, I'm so going to get this wrong, like a plasticky thing that you place under your eye. It's not like a sheet mask with that sheety, God, this is the worst description ever. Not that sheety feel. It's like a, how would you describe it, Brit? You're the expert. So a sheet mask is more like tissue, whereas this would be more like silicony almost. Amazing. That deserves a round of applause. That was awesome. Yes, it's more silicony. And I put them on every single morning. I'm sure I'm sure you're not even supposed to wear them that often. I think the pack says a few times a week. I go every single morning, particularly when I'm on a FaceTime call with Zara or anyone that we're having a work meeting with or my family. My family is so now used to dialing into a call and me wearing these stupid masks on my face every single time but I genuinely love them so much and let's talk a bit more about isolation skin because I feel like it's something that everyone seems to be experiencing which is annoying but also kind of reassuring that it's not just like me whose terrible diet and lack of skincare is causing problems surprise surprise we're all in this together right my skin in the first few weeks or say first fortnight, I was breaking out a lot along my cheekbones and around my jawline, which was really odd. I normally don't break out in those areas. But over the last two weeks, I found that the breakdowns have settled, but only to make way for extreme dryness, like extreme dryness, where I put on my usual amount of moisturizer and it's nowhere near enough. I feel like my skin is just crying out for any kind of moisture. So that's been weird in that I've never suffered with dry skin in my entire life. If anything, I'm like combo oily skin and it's it's just chucked a complete hissy fit. Mine's exactly the same. I'm, and I hope this is not too much TMI, but we're all friends here. Literally, we are friends. Um, but we've reached like the flaky stage of dry. It's not just dry. My skin is like flaky, which like you, I've never had before. It's weird. I'm not a fan of it at all. I thought when you said TMI, you were going to be like, I always break out when I get my period because that's me. That's like the definition of my skin. You can basically tell it's like a horoscope all over my face. You can tell precisely what day I am in my cycle based on how my skin is looking because it is the same every single month. Like two days before I get my period, it's like fucking Armageddon all over my face. But I don't know. I don't know what it is about isolation or it must be the stress. I've spoken a lot to Gemma Watts, who I know, of course, you are a big fan of, as am I. And she said that it was basically down to stress and we're all feeling it and it's being reflected in our skin. The go-to skin doctor. I love that she's diagnosing all of us. Thank you, Gemma. Bless her. It's a very big community service you're doing for all of us. Now, the one, I suppose, semi-silver lining of all of this is that perhaps some of us have more time to try some of the products that we might not have got around to or have been wanting to. And a one that you are trying is the Blonde Angel Treatment by Kevin Murphy. So tell me about how that experience is going. Yeah, I mean, I've been a blonde my entire life. I've been a fake blonde since about the age of 18 because my hair just started getting pretty dull once I like exited teenagerdom. But I have tried every purple shampoo, every blonde treatment under the sun. I love many. I adore Kevin Murphy products, particularly their angel wash, the one that doesn't have any blonde treatment in it or any purple or silver tones in it. Just because I've got fine hair, quite thin hair, it's um, cut into a bob for that exact reason. And I'm always dying for more volume and always looking for a way to make my hair look like it has more life than it actually does. So I genuinely love the Angel Wash shampoo and conditioner. I'm currently trying the blonde version. I like it. I'm not sure I'm in love with it in the same way that I am with other Kevin Murphy products in that I feel like it suits my hair more. I mean, you can see my hair right now, Britt. My hair is the 
friggin' bane of my existence at the moment. It's just a bit dull. Like it doesn't have much life to it. I washed it today and I've already chucked it up in a messy bun because I can't deal with it anymore. Um, so I think I might revert back to the angel wash, just the generic one, and then bring in a purple shampoo because with the Kevin Murphy, uh, blonde treatment angel wash, it's like, you just use it like a usual, um, shampoo and conditioner. And it's just not really doing it for me. And I love that speaking of hair, looking at your list, you do have a fair few hair products on here. So Let's cut to the chase about the thing that you're most missing in beauty isolation, which is your hair appointments. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I adore makeup. I adore skincare. I find reading about it so interesting. I find trialing products so interesting. But it's something about hair that I've never really felt that empowered. Like I don't feel very good at doing my hair where I am I am semi-confident about doing my makeup. It's like I can't style it. If you try and get me to do anything on my head where my arms are behind me and I can't see what they're doing, I completely lose all form of like fine motor skills. I have zero coordination. It's like I have the coordination of a praying mantis. So when I see women curling their hair behind their heads. In fact, when I see women curling their hair whatsoever, it's like they are divine goddess creatures to me. I cannot figure it out. I do not know what my fingers and hands are doing when I can't stare directly at them or when I'm looking in a mirror and trying to figure it out in reverse. It just it's mind boggling to me that people style their own hair. So I am definitely missing hair appointments. Regrowth, I'm fine. I find I feel like my hair um when I get foils done, it actually grows in quite easily and quite nicely. So I actually don't get my hair done that many times a year, but haircuts and blow waves and like styling sessions, I definitely miss. And I'm craving them because I just suck at it myself. Can I add to your list of hair goddesses, anyone who can curl their hair with a straightener and anyone who can blow dry their own hair with like, you know, those proper like paddle brushes. You know what? And I feel like the top tier of this list, like this hierarchy, are the women who can curl their hair with a Dyson Airwrap hairdryer. Like, how Ooh. the fuck do you do that? I've seen so many people do that on YouTube Victor- tutorials. And I'm like, oh, you are just top of the tree, my friend. Like, I bow down to you. Before we move off from your hair, maybe we'll talk about the product that you've recently re- rediscovered in Beauty Isolation, which is a bit of a cult and transformative one, particularly for hair, which is Olaplex. I thought this was bullshit for so long. I had read so many articles. I remember when we worked at Mamma Mia Brit, which was a few years ago now, the wonderful beauty editor, Eddie Baraclough wrote an article about Olaplex because she had recently gone blonde. And I read it and I was like, yeah, I get it. Like it's this miracle product. But so often I'd heard people say that products were miracle products and it turned out to be kind of bullshit. So I always trusted Eddie's advice. But on this one occasion, I was like, "Mm, I just feel like it can't live up to this amount of hype. Like it can't be that good. There's no way. And it wasn't until uh, a hairdresser that I absolutely adore, Caitlin Samet, gave me a little trial pot of Olaplex and said, use this, you'll notice a really big change in your hair. And she was absolutely right. I normally leave it in when I use it overnight, which is kind of gross in that I put a shower cap on and I just kind of deal with feeling a little bit clammy on my head for eight hours at a time. But it's genuinely so worth it because I wake up and I feel like I have brand new hair in the morning. So that really is the next best thing until you can actually go to your hairdressers. The, the Olaplex will give you, they're really, because there really is that distinct feeling 
when you come out of a hairdresser's and you've had it cut and coloured and styled that you genuinely feel like you should be in an ad or a movie? I'm not a drug addict, but if I was going to be addicted to anything, it'd probably be Olaplex hair treatments. Not a bad vice to have, Mish. Not a bad vice. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my parents would prefer me be addicted to Olaplex than something heavier. What is a product that you find that you have either rejected or just not reached for in this time? I know it's actually still on hair. Dry shampoo, which I would have thought, for me, it's been one of my most used products during beauty isolation. Yeah, I know. I put this down not because I don't love dry shampoo. I genuinely love it, particularly Batiste dry shampoo, and I use it all the time. I don't know what it is about me right now. I feel like I'm a little bit on edge whenever I go into supermarkets, particularly when I go into chemists. I haven't been into a chemist in a while because I just feel like if the sick people are going to be anywhere, it might be in a chemist. And that just seems like a bit of a risk zone to me right now. So I'm avoiding the chemist wherever I can. And when I'm at the supermarket, I don't know. It's just such a weird environment that everyone's like quite tense, obviously, like more within their, like very well within their rights to feel tense and feel anxious. But I feel that as well. So when I'm going around, I'm like making sure I get pasta before the pasta runs out, making sure I get eggs before they run out, all that type of stuff. And I keep forgetting, like I've forgotten maybe four weeks in a row to pick up bloody dry shampoo. I genuinely love it. I just haven't been using it at all and in isolation because I just keep forgetting. So, um, yeah, my hair has been so oily and so like so miserable. My hairdresser reached out a couple of weeks ago to be like, how are you going? And I was like, is this a pointed comment? Because you've seen how awful my hair has looked in that many like Instagram stories and photos. You can't not say something. Obviously, we are really still, although Australia is going well, we're still very much in the thick of this situation and we don't know how much longer it's going to go on for. But when we think about things going back to normal, whatever that will mean when it comes, what do you think you'll have a bit of a newfound appreciation for? Oh, this is actually what I want to write the column on when I get off this interview, Brett, in that I so want to take a moment when everything goes back to normal, whenever that is, to really appreciate time spent with my siblings altogether. I adore my friends and I absolutely miss them as well. But I feel like I've always had an appreciation for time spent with my friends in that, of course, I want to be back at bars. And of course, I want to be back at restaurants, having dinner together or having a glass of wine together or watching The Bachelor together. But I feel like because my siblings and time spent together as a family has always been such a constant for me and such an assumed privilege in that, of course, I'd be able to sit around with my siblings and watch a football game or eat brunch together, that I've never truly stopped to appreciate how wonderful it is to have three siblings and three siblings that I'm so incredibly close to. I have an older sister, Claire, who recently had a baby. I have my little sister, Evelyn, and my little brother, Tom, and I genuinely adore spending time with them. I feel like they are just such incredible, different as well people. And yeah, I definitely hope that when everything goes back to normal and when we can keep having our Saturday or Sunday brunches, we get brunch every weekend together, whether that's on a Saturday or on a Sunday, that I do appreciate that because video chats aren't the same. Video chats are great to be able to catch up. It's great to be able to go on a walk with Ev because we live so close to each other and get a coffee, but it's just not the same. Like having that energy where you can all sit around a table and debate something or laugh about something is just unparalleled by any technology. So I definitely miss that right now. Definitely. And particularly, like, as you said, you've just become an aunt and obviously all you probably want to do is be spending time with your, with your gorgeous new niece and 
your siblings. So I know that a lot of people would be feeling the same. It's so hard to be away from family at the moment. Yeah. And Amelia is just the most squishy, delightful, gorgeous little human. And it aches every time I see a video of her looking particularly divine, which is every single day, uh, because she's growing so quickly as well. Like she's so big now and it's only been a few weeks since I last saw her. So it's tricky not catching up with Claire and Millie more regularly because she's growing and changing and developing every single day. So I feel like I'm missing out. We talk about self-care a lot. And in this time, I think it's become a really interesting topic because we kind of view self-care as this kind of fix-all thing. If you're having a bad day, self-care will, a sheet mask will solve all your problems kind of thing. And I think it's a reminder, particularly in these times when things are so, when so many things are outside of control that a face mask is lovely, but it's not, it's not going to solve all the problems we're facing at the moment. But I do think there's elements in whatever your interpretation of self-care is, whether it is you know, doing the basic habits of washing your hair once a week or brushing your teeth or making sure, you know, you get out of your pyjamas once a week, whatever self-care is to you is important in these times. So I suppose what is your interpretation of self-care in these times and what products are you using to exercise that? It's a really interesting one. I feel like self-care for me is so heavily influenced by the fact that I have generalized anxiety disorder. So if I'm not practicing self-care in a variety of ways every single day, I do feel like I can spiral emotionally. And it's so funny in that I feel like anxiety can get out of hand and out of control so quickly in that in Monday's episode of Shameless this week, I... um, I said, like, my anxiety is really good right now. I'm sleeping really well. Everything's really under control. And it's so funny because by Tuesday night, I realized that was not the truth anymore. Like, I had completely spiraled. I had had a panic attack for the first time in a month. And all of a sudden, very, very quickly, I was feeling very unwell again. Um, And that's part of actually being in a job and in a career that's in the public eye and that Most of the time I deal quite well, I think, with the feedback that comes mine and Zara's way. And on Monday, the feedback was particularly scathing and I wasn't dealing with it at all. I really wasn't coping um, on that particular day. And I wonder if that's because we are in this weird state of the world. And if I'd received comments like that or DMs like that on a typical day when life was normal, maybe it wouldn't have even penetrated my radar, but it definitely did on Monday and Tuesday. So the way I got out of it, I guess, as far as products go, it is really washing my hair, to be honest. I know that sounds frivolous and silly. And some people might say that, of course, mental health is more serious than that. And I absolutely agree with you. It is more serious than that, but there are little things in my self-care regimen from a beauty perspective that absolutely keep me balanced. So sticking to my skincare routine, like cleansing, moisturizing, putting on an eye mask before bed or wearing a sheet mask and feeling like I'm taking care of myself. Um, Of course, there's a lot more that goes into it. I try and exercise every day in some form. Often at the moment, that's just simply going for a walk. Of course, it's doing things like mindfulness. Of course, it's checking with my psychologist. I have an appointment with her next Tuesday. I'm not negating any of those things at all. But some of it is taking a little portion, a little morsel of time out of my day just to feel like I'm investing in myself and I'm doing something that's just 
for me, something that's nice and it doesn't need to have productivity at the end of it or it doesn't need to have some real purpose. It can just be something as simple as putting on a sheet mask because it feels good to do so. And I think that's a really important point as well, because particularly when we talk about I'm exactly the same to me. If I manage to wash my hair once during the week, I'm lucky that my curly hair I can get away with it for a bit longer sometimes, but I'm the same. It does feel like a a huge achievement. Yeah, once a week. I can't get over that. Once a week. See, mine is like every two days, which is so bad. My hairdresser will die when she hears that. (laughs) But it is about, and I suppose the one reality check for me has always been that I've told myself that the only reason that I don't have, you know, an eight-step skincare regime that I stick to religiously is time. And now that I have nothing but time, I'm just a lazy person, Michelle. Three steps is enough. So I think that's been... I have three steps too. It's I have three need. steps too. I'm like, what do you do? What are your three steps? Mine are cleanse, serum, moisturizer. That's literally it. And I feel so bad to admit that. Okay. Like, it's actually four. It's only one more. Cleanse, a double cleanse if I'm feeling... Okay. A double cleanse really happens. Just usually one cleanse, an exfoliation, <laughs> a serum and a moisturizer. So four steps, which I feel like I've... I, I posted about it on Instagram the other day, actually. I just very smugly stuck to that routine for like a good two months. My skin was amazing. I recorded like a video about it and then isolation happened. I haven't done it for weeks and Aww. my skin is like shit. So we live and learn. No, don't feel guilty. We need to refuse to feel guilty over this. We've all got like shit going on. Every time I think like I've got more time than ever, I'm, the other part of me is like, yeah, but it's a global pandemic. You're allowed to feel like a bit blur and not do everything exactly the way you're supposed to do it. Exactly. I feel like on reflection though, because the past two weeks I have tried to be a bit more, it's not necessarily, I'm not beating myself up if I'm not doing a skincare routine and because I'm wearing less makeup, I find that the incentive to do skincare is a bit less because you can get away if you really wanted to with not cleansing. But it has made me really realize the products that I do really love. And one of them, two of them are actually on your list. So one of your self-care ones is the go-to transformazing sheet mask, which I am going Mm -hmm. to place an order for for some more tonight because I am out. And also the product that's the ultimate mood booster which is go-to fancy face, which I love. So tell me about those two. I just love them. First of all, the transformazing masks compared to the other sheet masks on the market, I feel like they are absolutely drenching in like good juices for your face. I don't know how they pack so much goodness into those little packages, but they're so brilliant. I'm a huge fan of GoTo, literally could not overstate that enough. I'm a massive, massive fan of GoTo. I also use their moisturizer every single day. Um, But as far as their other products go, like Fancy Face, Fancy Face is, I don't know, do I want to be really hyperbolic about it? It's probably one of my favorite beauty discoveries of all time. I genuinely love, like I look forward to using it. I always look forward to taking my makeup off, but historically I used to take my makeup off with like a bunch of makeup wipes, like Garnier face wipes and Garnier micellar water. Still love micellar water, but using the Fancy Face face oil just feels so good. Like I feel like I'm taking such good care of myself and I'm winning at life a little bit because I'm doing this like quite nourishing, balancing, gentle removal of makeup. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I genuinely love it. If you haven't used it, you use the oil, you kind of rub that into your face quite gently. It removes not only foundations and bronzers and uh, SPFs, it also removes eye makeup really well and uh, lipstick really well. So you do that and then you get a muslin cloth, which you run under not hot, but quite warm water, like 
I think Zoe calls it hand hot, where it's like comfortable, but not burning you. And you then use that muslin cloth to remove the makeup. And it's wonderful. I love it as well because it's so good for the environment in that you can put those muslin cloths into a little wash bag, put that into the laundry machine. Laundry machine? What the fuck? <laughs> put that into the washing machine and then <laughs> laundry machine and then reuse them. And that's so much better because I was using makeup wipes all the time. I'm pretty sure makeup wipes are not biodegradable at all. So tick, tick, tick for the environment, but also for my skin. I genuinely love using that product. And that's the spot on description as well, because I think a lot of time when we talk about beauty as a way of selling and marketing products, we talk about beauty rituals, about taking time for yourself. But that product is genuinely one that, like you said, you feel like it feels like a sense of achievement. You feel like you're doing something good because it is such a nice product to use as well as the results that you get. Yeah. And I feel like the way they package and sell products at GoTo is just so genius that half the time, because I love all their products anyway, but every time they have a new release, I'm like part excited for the product itself and part excited to see how they brand it and like the copy that they put on their products. They're just so sassy and funny. Every time I open one of their freaking deliveries, I'm like, oh, genius, like amazing. I hate you and I love you all at once. I know that you talk, obviously talk about this a lot because you always have fantastic recommendations, but is there anything in particular that you are consuming at the moment that you're enjoying, whether that's a TV show or a book or a movie that you've watched? Let me think. Well, TV show, I've recommended it on Shameless already before, but if you don't listen to Shameless, definitely check out Unorthodox on Netflix. It is brilliant. Unorthodox, about um, a Hasidic Jewish community on the border of New York. It's about a young woman who escapes and her story, really. It's actually based on a true story from a woman and she wrote a book about it and it's now been turned into this Netflix drama. It's four episodes long. will probably take four hours of your time and it will be four hours very, very well spent. I think it's so beautifully acted and just The storylines that they include, there's a storyline about vaginismus, which I think is really important. And it's just well done. Have you seen it, Britt? I loved it. And I think it's also a true testament to how engaging it is, is that it's not even in English. It's in a mix of German and Yiddish. And yet still you are completely entranced by it. I thought it was exceptional. I want to read the book now. And I've also, obviously, I think as most people are, if you've watched Unorthodox, there's a number of other uh, documentaries about Judaism and Hasidic Jewish communities that I have got on my to watch list next as well, because I'm actually, I am Jewish, but because my my mum is Jewish, but my dad isn't. So we weren't brought up really very religious. So I find it um, a really interesting insight into the environment, obviously not quite as orthodox, but that my mum grew up and my mum's side of the family is. Um, so it's nice to feel that kind of connection to it as well. But it was fascinating second triple quadruple that recommendation totally and the role that women can sometimes play as you said it's a hasidic jewish community so this is not the typical jewish upbringing but yeah just some of the um the exploration of womanhood i think was really telling as well and i love when things are subtitled because it means i get off my friggin phone and i don't have an excuse to be distracted so i have to kind of sit down and really take it all in mitch and i really loved that i want to recommend an episode of the briefing it's a new news podcast daily news podcast by podcast one it's hosted by tom tilly and one of his co-hosts is jamila rizvi who used to be our boss uh brit but also annika smethurst you might recognize that name because she was the news corp journal who was embroiled in a 
I don't want to say scandal. That makes it sound really salacious. I guess it kind of was, though, in that the Australian Federal Police raided her apartment after she wrote an article about spy agencies in Australia and potentially the restrictions on spy agencies in Australia. Oh, my God, I'm accidentally playing it. Sorry, you might just... <laughs> little, little teaser there. <laughs> I was like, where is that noise coming from? I accidentally just started playing it. Hi, Tom Tilly, who just said hello at the beginning of that episode. Anyway, Annika uh, was investigating this. Then all of a sudden the government and the AFP started really going for her, started potentially bugging her phone. There are a whole bunch of um, theories out there, but the High Court just ruled in her favour on a technicality that there was not legitimate grounds for um, the search warrant on her property. So she won that court case, but it's definitely not over for her. So the podcast in general is brilliant. The briefing is brilliant. They've only had five episodes so far, but the one in particular that I want everyone to listen to is the second episode that they released, which is Annika Smethurst's High Court Case. Really, really love that episode. Read recommendation. I would have to say, what have I what have I been reading at the moment? There's a brilliant book called Followers. I'm not finished with it yet. Followers is a kind of dystopian novel. Sorry, it's by Megan Angelo. It's a brilliant read. It looks at the effects of social media on us long term. And it's a fiction book. And I think it's incredibly interesting and gripping. It's kind of tricky to read a dystopian novel right now because I kind of feel like we're living in a bit of a dystopia. But Megan Angelo is a beautifully powerful writer. It's interesting about the dystopian thing as well. It's so true. The last four or five books I've read have all been rom-commy kind of books, which are, are one of my favourites anyway. But it's I've got a, a big stack of not necessarily topical, but these big, you know, like Booker Prize and Literary Prize winners that I really want to read, but I just don't have the mental focus to get into them yet. So the rom-coms have been a treat. Mm-hmm. I've actually been reading less actually lately. Like I feel like I thought I'd be reading a lot in isolation and I just have not been at all, particularly over the first few weeks. I was not in the headspace for it. So I'm only just picking that back up right now. It's just a complete readjustment. I think it's an interesting way that makes you view time different because it's like I was kind of saying with the skincare, you think time is the only issue that you have for doing all these things when actually there's so many other things going on as well. 100%. We come to the final product on your list, which is the not necessarily glamorous product, but the one that you would trust with your life. And I have to say, I'm very impressed with this one because it means that you are doing a task that I've been putting off for months, which is the Johnson's Baby Wash because you are using it to clean your makeup brushes. Well done. Yeah. I wish that I could tell you, Britt, that I do this more regularly than I do. I only remembered this because it got so bad a couple of days ago. I was looking at my foundation brush. I'm like, this is actually borderline disgusting how long I've gone without washing you. So I washed all of my makeup brushes and I realized that I've been washing my brushes in the same way. It might have been Lauren Curtis who recommended this years ago, Johnson's Baby Wash, as something that's really gentle and effective at cleaning your makeup brushes. But I have stuck with it ever since and I have absolutely no complaints. I find it to be so good to clean your makeup brushes. And I love it because I feel like people throw out their makeup brushes way too quickly. I'm not a huge sponge fan. I know lots of people are. It's not really my cup of tea. But I feel like if you are washing your makeup brushes gently and carefully a few times, I don't know, well, probably once every month even, you shouldn't really have to throw them away for years. Like some of my makeup brushes are perfectly fine and they are six years old. So I feel like some people might be wasting money on rejuvenating their brush collection too early because they're dirty. But really, if you're cleaning them well, then they should last you a really friggin' long time. 
that is on my list of things to do this weekend, actually. Um, because, and like you said, it's like with anything, if you take good care of things, you'll get so much more life out of them. So excellent reminder there. To finish us off, we kind of touched on how your beauty routine has obviously changed during isolation, but I wonder if you've noticed any differences or shifts in your attitude towards beauty in general, about how you approach it or how you think of it, particularly in an environment where a lot of us are at home and the maybe societal pressures that you have to wear or look a certain way might be different or removed. Yeah, it's a really interesting one because as I said at the top of the podcast, my makeup routine hasn't really changed much at all. If anything, it's kind of ramped up in this weird state of the world. What has changed is that I'm not shaving my legs anywhere near as much as I typically do, which sorry if that's TMI, but it has made me think about things like that because I genuinely don't shave my leg hair for me, shave it for other people. And I have very fair, very blonde hair. I can't even see it on my legs. Um, Not that it's an issue if you have hair that's different to mine, but in isolation, I've kind of been like, well, I don't need to. Like, why would I? It's such an effort to like, I don't know, go to all that struggle to make sure you don't cut yourself with a razor and like, I don't know, all that stuff. I've just completely given that up. So it's weird in that sometimes I'm still fake tanning and I'm still moisturizing my legs and all that type of stuff every day or every second day. But as far as shaving goes, I've kind of pulled back on shaving my legs. So it's definitely kind of brought things like that into a sharper focus where I'm like, hang on. So the makeup stuff, I genuinely do it for me. I genuinely feel better when I feel like I look presentable on the outside. It is mirrored with how I feel on the inside. But as far as those kind of things go that are more gendered, perhaps I feel less connected to them and I feel less anchored by them. So it's definitely changed my perspective on that. As far as face makeup goes, if anything, it anchors me. I I genuinely feel like if I feel presentable to the world, then I'm here and I'm ready and I'm centered and good to go. I think that's the test, isn't it? About whatever it is, whether you do it for yourself and for other people. And there's obviously no right answer. Either way, either answer is fine and and great. But it's it's interesting, particularly one that's come up in conversations is perfume. People talking about whether they're wearing perfume at home because whether it's something that you do for you or whether it's something that you do because you want to smell nice for other people. Interesting. See, I'm I'm still wearing perfume every single day. That to me, like perfume to me is is as stable in my routine as deodorant is. And I can't imagine ever not wearing deodorant just because I wasn't seeing people. So that's another really interesting one that I see perfume and deodorant is kind of like one of the same. I put them both on at the same time. I don't know if you've actually read, um, if you've read it yet, Beauty by Brie Lee. Um, I read a few. I have. What did you think to put you on the spot? I love it. I think, no, I think Brie Lee is an incredible writer. And I think a lot of the themes that are explored in beauty, particularly around how gendered it can be, were really powerful. And I love how she also arrived at the conclusion. One of her final points was that she sees beauty as a hobby, not something that kind of chains her or restricts her, but the more creative and the more of an outlet that she finds in beauty, the better. I've probably just butchered her, her entire conclusion, but I really encourage people to go read that. Um, I think it's a, it's a long essay. It's probably what 40,000 words, maybe 30,000 words, Brit, and it's a beautiful read. And I think the way she explores our relationships with beauty and how particularly we've been sold things like diets as an ideal is very much rooted in the patriarchy. So yeah, I love that. What did you think of it? It's a, it's a book that I read of, it must be almost coming up to two months ago, 
but I keep thinking about it and particularly in this this time and I haven't done my makeup very often I reckon I could pr- literally probably count on one hand the number of times I've done it in the last few weeks but the times that I've had exactly what you said this idea of makeup as a hobby has been really front of mind for me because I've been doing makeup that feels a lot more colorful and playful rather than the conventional of what a woman or what makeup should look like in this idea of no makeup makeup. Instead, I've been going for like my Mm. most colorful palette and doing pinks and oranges and all the things which I feel like as I still kind of wrestle with my opinion on how empowering makeup and beauty can be, going fully creative and approaching it in a really creative way to me feels like at the moment an empowering way to play with makeup and explore that relationship if that makes sense I've always loved how creative you are with makeup I feel like some days particularly when we go out to dinner your earrings and your eyeshadow like I remember one day you rocked up to dinner with the most beautiful pink eyeshadow on and you're one of the few people I'm friends with where I feel like it is such a creative outlet for you and I love seeing that because you're so good at it number one and it makes me envious because I feel like I never think to put on a bloody pink eyeshadow look and go to dinner but it's it's so fun. Like it almost lifts the mood. I feel like when someone comes out and they have that beautiful, bold, colorful makeup on, it makes everyone around them feel playful and expressive as well. Well, thank you very much for that lovely compliment, Michelle. But yeah, that's so true. And like you were saying about earrings, I feel like we were talking about the cues that signal that you feel on or you feel ready to work. I feel like we definitely shouldn't be, as we haven't, but as you said, how important they can be to kind of be almost like your on switch to be like right earrings on colorful mm-hmm. eyeshadow on lipstick on heels on or whatever it is your good hoodie or your good pajamas on whatever it is I feel like those cues or those habits or routines no matter how big or small they seem are really as you've been saying the anchors for us in this very turbulent and confusing time and I think it's it's good to be aware and acknowledge them and maybe see how they can make us feel a bit more normal whatever normal means in these days. It's a bit of pep in your step, right? Like it's that little bit of sunshine in every single day where you might feel really shitty, but at least you can put on a really nice lipstick and feel a little bit brighter and a little bit happier. And I don't begrudge anyone who wants to do that in whatever form that is for them. That is definitely earrings for me. It is definitely like a nice bronzer. Bronzer is like, oh, it's just the best product ever. I friggin' love bronzer so much because I just feel like it gives you such a nice, healthy looking glow. So whatever way that you can do that, whether that's lipstick, bronzer, nail polish, whatever, friggin' do it. I think that's the perfect note to end on. Bit of a mood lifter and celebration of beauty. So thank you so much, Michelle. It's been so much fun to talk about and explore some of these questions that I've been having about beauty in this time and to hear more about what's what you're enjoying as well. Thank you, Britt. I love this podcast and I love you. So thank you for having me on. I am chuffed (laughs) to be here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beauty Isolation with the brilliant Michelle Andrews. You can find where to follow her, Shameless, and all the products and links that she spoke about in today's episode in the show notes. A reminder that if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, and maybe even recommend to a friend who you might also who you think might also enjoy it. As an independent podcast, those things really help me to reach more people and keep on making it for you. In the meantime, if you fancy chatting more beauty, you can find me on Instagram at Beauty Island Podcast or my personal beauty account at Brittany Beauty BTS, 
where I regularly share products I'm loving and talk about all aspects of beauty culture. Or you can sign up to my regular beauty column and newsletter, It's a Beauty, for thoughts and recommendations straight to your inbox. Thank you so much. And until next time, bye-bye.